0: You're listening to Fit Focused Female. We are passionate about health, fitness and well-being. We want to empower you to make better life choices and offer support and advice for living your best life. Episodes will feature hacks and tips on women's health, complementary therapy, nutrition and fitness. Please welcome your host, Sharon Morrow. Hi, I'm back after having a short break. Just to bring another series of podcasts, really focusing on women's health, what happens at perimenopause, what experiences you may be having, what symptoms you have, and really what you can do to help yourself through this part of your life to have more energy, more vitality, more uh, holistic approaches, possibly to looking at your well being. So, just to give you a little bit of a background, I've been in the fitness industry for about 25 years. So I was in my early 20s when I joined the fitness industry and as I have gone through the fitness industry and up to like now in my 40s, perimenopause obviously starting to happen, my client base of females who I train, you know, are experiencing perimenopause to menopause as well and it was something that I wanted to study a little bit deeper to offer a bit more support for because let's be honest, there's information out there but sometimes it's conflicting or it's difficult to try and sift through it to know what is the best for you. So I'm really just going to be answering some questions that I get asked most frequently and to try and direct you and support you with some information and evidence of studies that have occurred to help you make better judgments of where you can make changes possibly to your lifestyle. So at what age does perimenopause begin? Now officially we're talking from age 35 You might be starting to experience symptoms and this could go on for maybe 15 years. So everybody experiences different types of symptoms. They could be very subtle. It could be a change to your periods. It could be your experience in longer or shorter cycles, quite erratic cycles or painful, whatever it may be. From age 35, we're talking perimenopause symptoms start to happen. Now, as I say, they can last around 15 years, but you're not technically in menopause until you've missed a period for 12 months or say missed a period until you haven't had any ovulation or period for 12 months. So if you get to, you know, nine months, you've not had a period and then all of a sudden you have one that resets and you're starting again from that month that, okay, we're starting to get 12 consecutive months with no period, no spotting. And that is officially Classing you as being in at menopause, so until that occurs, that's normally an indication of where you're at. That might be quite difficult to track if you are um, on birth control or if you have like a a, a Marina coil fitted, because sometimes they stop periods altogether. So it will it might be quite difficult for you to understand where you are if you are on birth control. But otherwise, if you are experience a different pattern to your cycles, you can monitor where you feel you may be at in your periods or in menopause to perimenopause um, based on whether you're having a regular frequent period. Now with perimenopause you might be experiencing a whole host of symptoms from like hot flushes, it could be PMS, weight gain, vaginal dryness, even facial hair which is very annoying this is something um i openly admit to that i i battle every day with i'm in the mirror with the tweezers because you know there's hair in places i don't want hair to be in places (laughs) so that is a sign that perimenopause is also occurring so what can you do about it you know what can you do to change or to help you go through this process so I'm going to be breaking the information down over the next few podcasts because there is quite a lot, you know, if we're, t- certainly if we're looking at hormones and we're looking at the hormonal landscape that's changing, um, we've got estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid. So I'm, I'm going to specifically be focusing on estrogen today purely because I want to try and give you this information like in digestible bits that you can listen to uh, and, uh, and absorb like that. So let's start with oestrogen. And it's important to know you've got three types of oestrogen within your body and you've got oestrogen receptors in every single cell. So we're mainly going to be looking at uh, estradiol. This is E2. So this oestrogen is the most common type that we are aware of, that we produce during our childbearing age, produced by the ovaries, and it is depleted after menopause. And it's also depleted if you've had a hysterectomy. So if you've had a hysterectomy and you've had your ovaries removed, that's going to push you straight into a surgical menopause. So E2, and then you're transitioning to E1, which is estrone. This is the kind of estrogen that you make after menopause. And it's made in the fat, the liver, the brain, adrenals, hair, skin, bone marrow. And often those areas that I've just named, you know, like liver, adrenals, um, in, in fat of the body you might start to notice that you're wider or you know that term middle age spread comes from the fact that we are starting to get wider on the waist purely because of where we're producing estrogen now and that transition from e2 to e1. Now estriol e3 we don't really need to talk about that one today because this is the estrogen that's made during pregnancy and it's not present otherwise so you're not, we're not talking about pregnancy today, we're talking perimenopause and menopause. So it's that transition from E2 over to E1. Now, it's important to know that there are lifestyle factors that you can control that will help you have a better menopause. For example, making sure that you are active. You know, and I often say this, that exercise at third age is non-negotiable. So it is important that you are exercising frequently doesn't have to be long durations in the gym you know you need to be smart about how you're exercising you definitely need to include some strength training because we know that there is a link to osteoporosis being really prevalent in females after menopause when we're starting to decrease on the level of estrogen you know if we look at statistics based on that we know that that is an issue that affects females more so that occurs after menopause so strength training it's really important that you get some of that in Also restorative exercise. You know, we want to be doing exercise that is good for our mental health, as good for our physical health. So Pilates and yoga or even just going for a walk in nature or walking the dogs or whatever it is you may do when you walk, try and be in that moment and absorb the atmosphere, the surroundings. Your, Your well-being will really, or certainly your mental health, will really start to appreciate that. If we look at other lifestyle factors like, you know, our behaviours, what are we doing in terms of smoking or drinking? What's our relationship like with food? Are we turning to food when we are stressed or emotional or, you know, if we have have a relationship with food where we turn to it to soothe? So look at aspects like that because it's important to understand what you're eating, but also how you're eating and when you're eating and why you're eating. So looking at that relationship and also other factors like smoking, um, high blood pressure, things that can be linked to metabolic syndrome, which often occur at menopause. So metabolic sim- syndrome is like a collection of, I guess, diseases that occur at this age that could contribute to metabolic syndrome being, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. If we smoke, we're going to add to that, or drinking alcohol, all of those factors. Type 2 diabetes can all be, um, all start to come into effect, especially when our hormone landscape is changing. Let's look at what is going on with ourselves at the minute in terms of our lifestyle. And the reason I mention this is because when we have a switch over to estrone, so E1, there's a higher risk of endometrial cancers like breast cancer if you are overweight, you know think about what and when i talk about weight you know i don't like to put as in a category but if you are a healthy weight and you have an active lifestyle that is balanced between exercise restorative your nutrition your activity is good then you are less you're less likely to suffer with these endometrial cancers because it looks like from the studies that they are more prevalent and common in females that are overweight or obese you've got a 40% higher chance of having or suffering from an illness like that. So it's really important that lifestyle factors or looking at things we can control, you know, controlling the controllables, because there are things that are out of our control, like our genetics, gender. Let's look at the things that we're able to control. So that's the difference between those two estrogens from E2, which is your estradiol, we are switching over when we stop producing estrogen in the ovaries we are switching over to estrone which we produce in the liver the fat cells around kind of the center of the body the brain the hair bone marrow and we're looking at that transition and that switch over to that estrogen now let's also look at different sources of estrogen for example xenoestrogens now you may not have heard of these but these are hormone disruptors so these are kind of toxic estrogens that we take in daily probably unaware of like you know there are lots of estrogens in chemicals that we use on our skin you know creams or cleaning fluids tap water makeup shampoos body lotions even on like till receipts and plastics. so nail varnish and things so things that we are um I guess surrounded by every day that we can maybe start to switch out so, you know, could you change your toothpaste so it's no, got no fluoride in it? Or could you swap out your cleaning product so it's a more natural based, you know, so could you change your makeup so there's less toxic load in it? And I was really surprised when I researched this because I've, all, I've wore wet makeup since my teens and I love makeup. And I was really surprised how much toxic load is in a lipstick, a certain brand that I have and I used to wear that I loved and I was putting this on my lips every day so just being aware of that because you know we're not you know they don't advertise that of course not so it's important to do some research and know what xenoestrogens are and how they are affecting you even synthetic smells you know if you've seen or if you've ever used those plugins that you plug into your your um, plug socket and then it releases like a fragrance or even when you go and get your car washed and they put the little dangly tree and your car smells lovely, but it is a synthetic toxic fragrance that you're inhaling. So situations like that, just being aware of how you can change those by just swapping out. You know, and I'm certainly not saying don't have a lovely, beautiful, smelly home (laughs) because these things make us feel nice. But if you're switching out a Glade plug-in, for example, and you're changing it to a natural scent like um an essential oil in a diffuser it's much nicer you've got much more medicinal benefits from that than taking in the synthetic fragrance the same with cleaning products you know sometimes we will put toxic stuff on our chopping board that we're going to be chopping our vegetables and our fruit and everything on so just swapping out you know can you just put some lemon on there and some salt and use that to clean it it's much much nicer better on your body particularly for females when you're approaching perimenopause to menopause. So that's the nasties out the way. Let's take a look at phytoestrogens. Now phytoestrogens are compounds that naturally occur in plants and are also found in a wide range of food so you can start to add this into your diet every day by just making these little subtle changes. For example if you're having a salad to sprinkle some sesame seeds on the salad. They're just little powerhouses of phytoestrogens that you can add into your your daily nutrition. Oats as well. Oats is another good one that you could start to consume. Anything that's kind of leafy and green is normally really high in phytoestrogens. Think about how much of your diet is plant-based. So I'm not talking about being vegetarian or vegan but I'm saying. Could you add more plant based food into your diet? Because that's going to give you more natural sources of phytoestrogens, which is known as phytoestrogens. And talking about food nutrition, gut health is another subject that I need to cover here because this is really important, particularly when we're talking about the estrogen that we're producing in our tummy or the one, the E1. It's important to know that you want to be having a good bowel movement every day because you don't want that recirculating, you don't want this kind of oestrogen recirculating around your body. It's called the estroblome. This is just what I want to talk about to let you know that actually your gut health is really important. So gut microbiome is basically a collection of bacteria, good and bad, in your digestive system. And you want to try and get the balance of those two right. And often... We know that gut health can be affected by things like medications, particularly antibiotics. You know, we know that stress affects the gut. Our environment and our exposure to different toxins, like I've just mentioned, will affect the gut. So let's look at how we can start to balance gut health, have plenty of good, healthy bacteria, so that you have a regular bowel movement every day. Or actually, I say every day you're if if you're the kind of person that's always been every other day and that's your normal then you're looking to keep that the same it's only really if there's a change you know if you're not frequent if you're not every day you've just changed that you're every other day or every two days then there's a change in your gut bacteria there's a change in your bowel habit so I would say there you can do one of two things you can definitely look at drinking more water because often uh, constipation is because of dehydration so certainly look at how much water you're drinking or maybe, you know, what's the balance between caffeine that you're drinking? How much tea and coffee are you having a day compared to water? So just look at getting that balance right because it plays a really crucial role in regulating the estrogen levels in your body. So it's important that you're having this bowel movement so that you're excreting the estrogen like I've just said. It's it's called the estroblone. Without being too graphic and talking about uh stools (laughs) you want to be making sure that you know (laughs) when you've been to the toilet check it to see whether it is smooth like a sausage or a snake (laughs) because any other different types for example if you are you know if they're tiny and they're like hard lumps this is an indication of constipation which again i would say dehydration is probably key there that you you can look at changing Or whether it is a bit more, you know, more of a liquid consistency. Because then if that is going on, there is something additional going on with the gut. Maybe you have an intolerance to gluten, dairy, whatever it may be. So it is a really good indication of what your health is like when you're looking at your stools. You know, if it's, like I say, you can check this out on the Bristol stool chart. You know, just literally Google that. (laughs) Have a look at the diagram on there. And just check out where you think you are, because it will give you an indication of whether you're lacking fibre, whether it's normal, whether you've got constipation. And it will tell you what direction you really need to go in terms of nutrition. You know, do you need to take something out of your diet if you've got diarrhoea every day? I would probably say yes. That indicates there is a intolerance to something that you're consuming. So just to give you an overview then of controlling the controllables, We want to be looking at being active, having a lifestyle where exercises is included, it's non-negotiable. Also looking at our diet, you know, we want a fibrous diet that's plant-based as well as getting our good proteins from meat that is well sourced and fish that is well sourced. Think about like a Mediterranean diet. That is the best kind of diet at third age, at menopause to perimenopause to menopause. And then look at your toxic load, because this is the easiest thing that you can do to switch out and to start making changes so that you're not having too many xenoestrogens and you're not having the, the hormone disruptors in your diet or in your lifestyle, sorry, every day. So, you know, taking away those chemicals, maybe just when you're when you're removing the chemicals, for example, you know, I will use coconut oil on my skin as a moisturiser and I'll add an essential oil to it so depending on what mood I'm in of what kind of smell I want to smell like of whether I want to be floral or citrusy or maybe even a little bit woody I can choose that every single day by just using the coconut oil all over my body and putting the essential oil over the top then also look at supplementing you know it's really important that if you're not getting the correct nutrition from your food which often look at the quality of our food I mean that's a whole new podcast that is looking at the quality of your food because it has changed over the years you know it's not as nutrient dense anymore which is unfortunate it's certainly not the same type of nutrition that we were getting when my nan was young for example and my nan would grow it in the garden it's just not the same anymore so look at supplementing Certainly a phytoestrogen supplement, a bone nutrient. You know, you want to be looking at making sure you've got the correct levels of vitamin C, vitamin D, magnesium and zinc. They are really important to take every single day all year round. I've always taken supplements throughout my entire career in fitness because it's necessary. You know, my diet isn't getting the nutrition, all of the nutrition that I'd like it to. So I top it up with supplements. And again, supplements is a different podcast because there are so many on the market that are again synthetic we need to be careful of this we need to really source products good meat good essential oils so that we are getting the very best because anything other could be a hormone disruptor so you don't want to be switching out one thing to give yourself or to solve a problem and then give yourself another problem by switching something else in that's toxic if you have any questions on this just let me know Put some, um, put some comments in the, in the chat or you can email me at sharon at newdimensionsfitness.co.uk. You can email me your questions there. So just to give you an overview, you know, what you are exposed to environmentally will affect your hormones. But also what you're doing, your habits, your behaviours, what you're consuming is also going to affect your hormones. So subtle changes that you can make to your lifestyle because oestrogen is really erratic at this stage. You know, if we look at the cycle when we ovulate, we've got a rise in oestrogen as we begin to ovulate in this follicular stage. That does continue to happen during perimenopause to menopause, but also you get spikes as well throughout the luteal phase or throughout the menstruation set phase, which is an indication of why your cycle changes. You know, your cycle could be maybe 25 days as opposed to 28 Between 25 and 35 is normal, but you might find that you are getting shorter cycles. Your periods might be lighter. They might be heavier. It's all different. Everybody is different and unique. But it's important that you know what is occurring to help you have a better perimenopause. So thank you for tuning in. Please listen out to the next podcast that is going to be about progesterone. So any questions you have, let me know and take care been listening to fit focused female with sharon morrow please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review